Hey guys, this episode was brought to you by Stringjoy. Go check them out online at stringjoy.com. They'll put together custom sets of strings for you. And by custom, I mean any gauge you want for whichever string you want. You uh, you want something beefier than a 10, but then you don't really want to go as heavy as 11s? They have 10 and a halfs. They have in-between gauges for pretty much all your strings. So you can really get in there and customize. If you know something's up with your uh, with your string gauges and you don't quite have it figured out, you can talk to them too and tell them what guitar you're using and what you want to get out of it. And they will come up with a custom set for you to help your guitar be more balanced and have a better string experience. All their strings are made by hand here in America. Uh, well, here if you live here. If you're elsewhere, then they're made in America where you don't live. Uh, go check them out at stringjoy.com. This episode is also brought to you by Matthews Effects. Uh, they sent us a Harbinger. It's a distortion. It's based on a rat, basically. And uh, the, the thing that's different about it compared to other rats is it's got this parametric EQ, which is really, really useful. Like If you've used rats before, but you just can't get them to sit in the mix with your band, this is the rat you want to get. Uh, you can select what frequency you want to cut or boost, and then cut or boost it. It's really easy. Like you get in a band situation, you 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 but you boost or cut it. You figure out what you're going to do, and then you sweep the filter knob or the frequency knob, whatever it's called, <laughs> and, and you find the frequency that is just going to make you cut through the mix. It's really great. I've used it live a couple times now. I did a demo of it. Go check it out on our YouTube channel. I can't recommend it enough. Listening to 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, fixing, modding, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. Hey, Steve. Ryan. <laughs> yes, Steve. I have something to tell you. Tell me, Steve. I had a bass stolen. Oh, no. Um, Are you talking about baseball? No. Did someone steal your bass in baseball? <laughs> yes. They stole second base. Oh, man. I shot him. <laughs> and then the captain said, no, you know, that's that's not allowed here. This is baseball. Oh, my gosh. I love that movie. You're talking it's about pretty Hook, awful, right? But yeah. Yeah. Dustin Hoffman. So good. Yeah. Super so, so good, good. Dustin Hoffman. Robin Williams. Rest in peace. R.A.P. R.A.P. Rap. <laughs> rest at peace. Wow. Do we need to start all over? It's been a long week. It's been a long night, and I am about to finish off this this growler of beer that you bought. All right. Um, but yeah, I did. Uh, I had a base stolen. Um, Which base, Steve? I'm, it, it better it, not be the Eastwood. No. It was... Uh, so I talked about it on the show a while ago. I, re- I was given a base from a friend of the show. I won't even say longtime listener, because I don't think he actually listens. He doesn't listen anymore. But friend of the show, critiquer of my Facebook Live. I don't want him to listen anymore. Critiquer of my Facebook Live videos, um, <laughs> Adam Powell. Well, your lighting and your framing was all wrong. <laughs> yeah, I was holding it with my hand and sitting okay, in my move bed. Move on, move on, keep going. Um, so he uh, he basically um, he gave me he he got a second Squire Affinity Base. He gave me his first one, um, and he was like. 
Yeah, you can just have this whatever. Like, so that base got stolen. So, so what happened is, I was like, oh, that's cool. This will be a, a good like beat around base. Plus, it was a P base. I didn't have a P base. Um, and I was like, you know, I work a lot with kids, so this could be a good opportunity. Like if one of the, one of my teenagers that I work with wants to learn bass, I can, I can let them borrow it. Right. So that's what I did. And one of the kids from my church, uh, was borrowing it and they left it in, um, uh, the youth pastor's car Ooh. that got broken into and they stole his backpack, his underwear, <laughs> And the base. Oh, my gosh. Um, now, this is a base that is a Black Squire. Yeah. Like, affinity-style base. Uh, missing the pick guard, so the pickups are just screwed into the body. Well, that's how it normally is for P-Base, I think. And, but there's usually a pick guard wrapping them up. Yes. And then the 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 pots and the knobs are, are mounted into a piece of Tupperware. I believe so. And then the back plate to cover up. Was there a backplate on it? I mean, we say Tupperware, but what it is, there's no backplate. We say, I say Tupperware, but what it is, is one of those Rubbermaid, right. uh, Rubbermaid containers or it something. It is not pit guard material. No. So this, this base has been janky forever and someone stole it. Yeah. But you know, to be honest though, that base was always a lot of fun to play. No, it, it played well enough and I, I'm, I'm bummed about it. Every time um, I went over to Adam's house, that base would be hanging out and I'd pick it up and, yeah. and just jam on it. Um, I was super stoked to get it. I was super stoked to be able to um, pass along the gift of bass. If I ever see, uh, if I see another. it pop up on Craigslist, I'm going to offer thirty bucks for it. <laughs> well, that was the thing is like I, when Adam gave it to me, like the whole premise was basically, dude, you and I both know that you cannot get money for this on Craigslist. Oh, there's no way. <laughs> like it's just too <laughs> jank. He's like the amount of money that you could probably get, which would be like thirty bucks. Like it's not worth the amount of effort. Yeah. You know, um, that's a lie, guys. $30 is always worth the effort. <laughs> um, but the, so the so the funny thing is, is uh, I had actually forgot forgotten that I loaned it out that specific base. So when the way I found out is the girl that I had loaned it to was like, Steve, Steve, come, I need to talk to you. And I work with her in like different, in the different uh, programs I work in at my church. So I just thought she wanted to talk about something related to that. Right. Yeah. So she calls, she calls me over and while I'm walking over there, she like falls on the ground, like in the pews, it starts rolling around underneath the pews or something like to hide. I'm like, all right, what the heck? She's being dramatic. Yeah. I mean, she's being a teenage girl. I'm like, what in the world is going on? So then she's like, oh, your bass got stolen. And I, the first thing I thought was that, that the Yamaha got stolen. Oh. And then I was like, wait, what? Like, cause that's my like house base at the church where if I need to just pull it out on a whim, like that's my go-to. And I was like, wait, wait, what? I, we we're going through it. And we, I finally, once I realized it was a square, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's fine. Oh, at least I don't have to throw it away now. Yeah. Um, and and the, the thing is that, like, I was just really appreciative that they were, like, upfront about it. Yeah. And, like, at the same time that she was telling me about it, the... Uh, I mean, that's the kind of base where every time you change strings on it, you're just, like, kicking yourself or, like, even bothering. Every time you change strings on it, you're blown away that the tuners didn't fall out. Right, right. Uh, and then the youth pastor came over while I was talking to her. I was like, don't worry about it. Like... We'll figure something out. Like it was my backup, backup base. And the youth pastor came over and he's like, how much was that thing worth? And I was like, nothing. He's like, all right, how about, uh, 
He's like, how much would it cost to replace? I was like, I don't know, like a hundred, 120 bucks. He's like, okay, we'll find something like we'll buy it. And like, we'll, we're going to replace it. I said, I said, all right, here's the deal. Take her when you go to replace it because she's the one who's going to play it. Yeah, there you go. Because I'm not, you're like, not going to play that base. I want that property in the long run. Like, because I want to be able to say like when she's, when she feels confident that she wants to own a base, either she can buy it from me. Right. In which case, because I got the original one for free, like I'll probably just be like, all right, cool. Like you really want it? Like it's yours now. Right. Right. Like now that you feel like you are a real base player. I it's was yours. waiting for this setup where you're going to sell it to her for a hundred dollars. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, Steve, you sly dog. <laughs> um, so anyway, so anyway, yeah, that happened and it, and it was like a bummer, but it was funny because I think like, the girl and the youth pastor were way more bummed about it oh, than sure. I was because, you know, as, um, non gear people, you know, you, when you're not a gear person, you just assume that everything is super expensive. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, I, I'm sorry. I smashed your Squire mini Stratocaster. Every guitar is like, a sacred artifact yeah. when you're and, not a guitarist. And at least in that case, like I had yeah. very, even though that was the first YFB bass, uh, I don't yeah. really have like strong no, that, uh, ties to that it. guitar. Has that bass has uh, has history within our small group, so I'm I'm bummed to see it go. But it's not like I'm a uh, I'm like oh gosh we're not we're never gonna be able to capture the sound of that bass. Like is I'm bummed to see it go. Is like it, I knew it wasn't serving a purpose for anyone. So it's not like I have any ownership of this thing. But I'm used to seeing it around, and that's a cool bass even though it's a piece of garbage, you know, whatever, uh, going on with me right now. Um, I've been trying to sell that hammer still. Yeah. I keep getting crazy low ball offers for it and they're not actually crazy. They're probably fair because the thing has a bunch of scrapes and damage on it. But I got a guy a while back who offered me $70 plus a bunch of like drugs. Like he had a bunch of drug lingo attached to the email and I didn't know what it meant. So I took it to the Facebook group and I was like, can someone tell me what he's offering me? And it, I'm assuming it's drugs. And is he lowballing me? And people are like, yeah, he's he's kind of lowballing you. And, you know, here's what these drug terms mean. But uh, that guy, I just stopped emailing him. And then he kept emailing me like, oh, how come you're not writing me back? Like, I'm offering you good stuff. <laughs> like, I was super, like, weird about it. And then I got another guy who offered me $100 even. And I just... I don't feel motivated to sell it at a hundred dollars. Like, I feel like I would give this guitar away to the right kid, you know, or like the right, like friend or family member, like, Oh, you need a guitar here. Just take this. Cause it's a good playing guitar and it's going to serve someone well. But what I've been thinking is maybe this is a guitar that I need to convert to a pickup tester for us. What do you think about that? I think that's a great idea. I mean, if you can find a way to make it work, to make it would uh, it would, would completely really cool. mang, it would completely mangle it if I did that, but it would it would serve a function for us at least, and we'd be able to test pickups in it. But then I, then I go back and forth. I'm like, do we actually need a pickup tester in your guitar? Do we really want to be in the business of testing pickups? Like, I think pedals are our jam. I think we can test mm-hmm. pedals and do demos of pedals. I really don't want to get in the business of demoing pickups. Well, I know there's some people who who uh are like amateur with hopes of someday possibly becoming pro pickup people right who want to like send us stuff just to check out 
It, I would say it's less of a like, oh, let's become pickup people and more of a question of, and uh, I mean, I, in the past, we've always talked about doing it with the strat is just doing something that we could quick swap on. Yeah. Well, the thing with, with because it's stop tail, it actually wouldn't be hard to swap pickups on it because you just loosen the stop tail and pull it off. So I don't think I'd actually need to do like a big body modification to it. I don't know. I'm still playing with the whole idea. I still kind of like to find a deserving kid that I know and be like, here you go. Right. Or, you know. Obviously, you just need to find some kids. Find some kids. Or I just need to case it and put it in the attic and that'll be my kid's first like serious guitar, you know. Whatever. I'll figure something out. I'm just tired of storing it is the thing. And it's a really good guitar as far as playability goes. I think it sounds great and plays great, but I'm just tired of storing extra guitars. Uh, Other than that, uh, another new thing is I've got a demo up for the Matthews FX Harbinger, uh, which is a distortion pedal. Uh, Rick Matthews asked me, like, oh, do you want to try this pedal or do you want to try that pedal? And I was like, I never get to demo distortions. Please let me demo the distortion pedal. And I think it's a ton of fun. Uh, Steve hasn't heard the demo yet because I'm still working on it at the point of recording this podcast, but it's really taken me back to being a kid in the nineties and, you know, just slamming a great big powerful amp with a like really loud oversaturated distortion pedal. And beyond that, it's got some really powerful tone shaping controls on it. Uh, you know, I think we're all used to your standard, like three knob distortion pedal, your DS ones and whatnot. This thing, uh, it, you know, I from what I understand, it's based around a rat circuit, which is also a three knobber. But the tone control on this thing is just like a whole other game. It's got a a, a filter. It's got the filter knob, which allows you to select which frequency is being affected mm-hmm. by your tone control, and then it has a cut boost knob that allows you to blend different variances of either boosting that frequency or cutting that frequency. So normally with a rat, you're using the filter knob to filter the EQ of the whole sound. Mm -hmm. This allows you to boost or dial back a specific frequency, right? which I've already used it in a practice scenario. It just is like a cut through the mix machine. Cool. Which has always been my trouble with distortion pedals is like, they just kind of get lost in the mix because they're so like the way they're EQ'd is usually so specific to certain kind of sounds. Right. It's really difficult to get them to sit in a normal band mix. It's like two knobs. You find the, you find the frequency with one knob that uh, is causing you issues and you decide if you need to boost it or you need to cut it. It's so simple and it's so easy to yeah. dial in one of like the things- a, a, a mixed cutting sound. Right. And one of the things that I think is, is cool about it, and I know you've mentioned this too, is that um, I haven't had a chance to hear it. Just right. I, I'm saying this in just in principle, um, is that it's a distortion pedal. Yeah, it's an it, honest goodness distortion. Now, in, in an age where either, I mean, a lot of people are putting out fuzzes. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest, there's a lot of, a lot of good fuzzes on the market. And this pedal, it kind of it sits more in the direction of a fuzzy style distortion. It's not like right. a DS one that's a bright, hard distortion. Right, but but I mean, so many of so many pedals for and, I, and there's other ones. I actually on I feel like on the market now, uh, but it seemed like 2015 was kind of like 
the year of the clone the clone well everything has either been transparent overdrives or fuzzes yeah and, and like we'll, distortions fell out of grace in the 2000s yeah and, and there have been while they've been on the market for a few years um it seems like this 2016 really there were, that was you're starting to see a rise in the popularity of, of dumbbell style pedals yeah so it's kind of nice to see a few like honest to goodness fuzzes uh like you said, we've got our hands on the Harbinger. You mean distortions? There's what did I say? Fuzzes. Fuzzes. Sorry, distortions. Um, we got our hands on the Harbinger, of course. Uh, Friday Club has, I think it's the called the PD100, uh-huh. uh, which is supposed to be basically a straight-ahead distortion pedal as gotcha. well. Um, Boss just released a black DS1. Oh yeah, I don't understand. Which is that. goofy. I I like the way it looks. Yeah, I like the way it looks too. But it's like, Boss, if you're gonna release a version of the DS1. Like, go Wazicraft and offer it with some built-in mods, like the mods people want with these things. Yeah, I don't know why anyone would pay an extra ten dollars for a paint job. That I, I just don't. Yeah, I don't get it. Well, to be honest, though, the the neon orange that they've been doing on the newer versions has always looked super bad to me. Yeah, like the DS ones that I have and that you've had in the past are more like this kind of like uh, Texas orange. Yeah. We're still yeah. desaturated, and I feel like that looks a lot better than the, these bright yellow neon ones that they've done. A Texas orange. It's a t-shirt color. I know it's a t-shirt color, but it's a... That's why I know it. I, <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. Is it a sports thing? Well, it's Texas orange because it's University of Texas. I have no idea which school that is. Uh, the University of Texas? Yeah, I've never been there. <laughs> what do they teach there? School? Well, that's what every, what every college teaches, college? Steve. How am I supposed to know? No, what do they teach? They teach football, Ryan. At the University of Texas, they teach one thing, and that's Texas football. Well, that's why I don't know about them. Okay, uh, we're running along. Let's get into some ads. We're not going to talk about Kyle Smith stickers? Oh, yeah. A while back, I, ma- I made some... Hold uh, on. Let me do the short version of this so we can keep moving. Okay. If you're in the inner circle, you got Kyle Smith stickers. They're stickers that are based on a little drawing Ryan made. It says hashtag Kyle Smithing on it. Yeah. That's all you need to know. Well, all right. let, let me say that like if you're in the inner circle, you get special treats like that every now and then. And we're going to try to do more stuff like that. We're going to print shirts very soon in the future. And everyone in the inner circle is just going to get them. Everyone else is going to be able to buy the shirts. Yeah. But in the case of the stickers, those were inner circle only. You just can't get them unless Dude, you are I'm, inner circle. I'm super looking forward to those shirts because there are so many people we ran out of sh- that have joined since we ran oh, out really? of shirts. Okay. Um, there's I'll, pro- I'll try to get them printed. I guess this there's week. at least there's at least like half a dozen people who wow. didn't, maybe probably more that didn't get shirts in the first run because they joined after their size was out. Okay, well we're gonna. I'm planning on doing a really big run of shirts. Like I'm gonna put like a thousand dollars into it. Cool. Which, so it's gonna be a lot of shirts. Um, and we have that money thanks to the inner circle. That's what. That's the inner why circle, they get stuff first. Yeah, that's the, what the inner circle provides. That's why they get their pick of the pick of the. Yeah, the inner circle provides the financial buffer so that we can get this stuff made. And every dollar that they give to us goes back into the show. None of that money goes back into our pockets. Yeah. So big thanks to the inner circle. Uh, We really appreciate it. All right, let's get into some ads. Uh, This first one was sent by Adam Dolhanik, the inboxer himself. Yeah, this is a guitar fingerboard table lamp. It's $99 plus free shipping. It is from Reverb. Uh, you want to read it? You want me to read it? Uh, you go ahead and read it. I'll have commentary after you read it. Our guitar fingerboard table lamp offers a truly unique design. Each lamp is made from our full from from our sorry. 
It's made from four fingerboards with frets and pearl dot markers that are positioned to form a column. The base, trim, and fingerboards are solid sapele, and the lamp features high-quality electric components, including a phenolic. That's spelled wrong. It should be phenolic. Three-way socket. The measurements of the base are seven by seven, and the lamp is approximately approximately twenty-nine inches high. Like all of our products, the guitar fingerboard table lamp is handmade in the USA. Lamp shade not included. This is the first, there's been a lot of guitar lamps out there, and I'm doing finger quotes right now. Yeah. Uh, that have been guitars that people mangle into lamps. Mm-hmm. And my criticism has always been for like this type of stuff is like, you don't need things that are not guitars around your house to remind you that you're a guitar player or yeah, that you that's like what you have a guitar for. Yeah, just hang your guitars on the wall. Or hang your actual equipment around. I saw on Facebook not too long ago that your wife is sick of the fact that she knows you're a guitarist. Did she say that? Well, she basically was saying something about how like she can't go anywhere without tripping over guitar stuff oh, okay. or something. So this is the first time I've seen a guitar lamp or a guitar piece of furniture where I didn't feel offended by it. Well, and didn't and didn't feel grossed out that that a guitar was destroyed to make it. It's really subtle. It's very subtle. And like, it actually looks attractive as a piece of furniture. Were, if I just saw this, I don't know that I would have realized it was a guitar neck right away. It would take you a moment. I would think it was like some kind of just tower. Yeah, some kind of like wood design. Um, go check out the pictures on our Facebook group or in the links in the show notes. Yep. Uh, so it was basically four fretboards that are joined together with a piece of wood along each edge. And you've got the fret board marker dots and the, the frets mm-hmm. and the whole thing. But it's just kind of like this, you know, like uh, this big rectangle that's kind of thin. And it actually looks like a really attractive lamp. And it doesn't, like, grab your attention. It's like, like I, ima- I imagine, like, if you go to, like, the Hard Rock Cafe, I mean, the Hard Rock Hotel, and you spend, like... You get like their budget room, like they have rooms where like the the lamps look like they're made out of the guitar body. Sure. You spend money for the penthouse; these are the lamps that are in there. Like that's <laughs> what I imagine. It, they look. It looks classy. It is. It, it's a kind and it's the kind of thing where it's like, uh, it's the kind of thing where if you have like someone come come over, say you have a coworker, right? Uh, they're new. You're like, hey, you should let's have dinner sometime. Yeah, come meet, come meet my family. Come meet my family. I don't know. I don't know why you would do that. Yeah, I've, I've never make, done that. I but. make. I'm gonna make steaks on Friday. Come over. You know? you know, but whatever. And they're gonna come over. If you got like the freaking neon strat lamp, they're gonna be like, oh, you're a guitarist, huh? Right, right. Oh, uh, did you buy that when you were in high school? You know, and, did your grandma uh, buy you that gift? But you know, if you got this thing you're gonna look they're gonna look at it and maybe they're not gonna know what it is and that's okay but like when you when you have the one friend over that is a is a musician and recognizes it recognizes it it's gonna be a high five party they're all gonna, night long they're gonna want to play your lamp they're gonna want to play your lamp they're gonna ex- electrocute themselves on your lamp i i want a maple version <laughs> okay, what it should be is two sides rosewood, two sides maple. Good point. Because this then you're is Sapele. Sapele is a type of. Oh boy, we're gonna get reamed for this. Sapele is a type of mahogany. Okay, why are we gonna get reamed? Because it's technically like not exactly mahogany. Oh, okay, whatever. Um, Paul Roney, write us and tell us why we were wrong. Um, <laughs> I forgot about that throwback. Um, you know, it's kind of got like an Art Deco look. 
Mm-hmm. It's got just, you know, like the the straight lines and dots and stuff. It definitely has an Art Deco look. I, you know, it's it's classy. I don't think we have anything else to say about this other than it's classy. Oh, it's $100 with free shipping. Yeah. I, that's, now, would I pay $100? That's affordable. Would I pay $100 for this? No. But that's because I don't really own any lamps. I wouldn't. You don't own any lamps, Steve? How dark is your house? I actually, I don't. All of it. I mean, I have. It's ceil- all like cans and stuff. I have like ceiling fixtures and stuff. Uh, but I don't. Okay. I actually don't. Uh, I own one lamp, and it doesn't ever get used. When Everything I, else is ceiling fixture. Way back in the day, when I would play The Sims, I would never use lamps. I would use wall fixtures. Every I've time. never played The Sims. It, when you're designing your house for The Sims, you use wall fixture lights because then you give your Sims those sweet, sweet lights that they need to get around the house. But you're not taking up floor space. So you can put other stuff on the floor. It's very convenient. Okay, let's move on to another another ad. This is uh, the you know you know who probably would love this guitar. Who? Uh, what's the name of the character with the moon voice? Does that character have a name? No, I thought that was just you. It's just me. It's just me from the future on the moon. And I just gotta say, I love this guitar. Yeah! Oh my goodness. It's the right shape for me. <laughs> I've been waiting so long. This is. You want to read the copy on this thing, oh or should God. I read it in the moon voice? Can you? It's so long. Rare, nineteen eighty-two Kawaii Moon Salt, thirty-five hundred dollars. This is not this. This is an original, not a reissue, and it's very rare. It's a 1982 first year made in Kauai Moon Salt. Here's a link that can give you some info. I'm not going to read the link because that would be stupid. It's a preferred model because of its color and beautiful binding. Be careful about comparing it to reissues or models that only have volume and tone without the intricate electronics this one has. That makes it one of the most versatile electric guitars ever made. This guitar was Japan's answer to the Gibson Les Paul and Fender Strat. Wait, what? I know, right? What? What do they mean? They wanted to make a better guitar, unlike many of the guitars Japan has made for American companies. I can't, I can't hold the voice through that. Japan made incredible guitars for American companies. What is this person talking about? Uh, anyway, so this guitar was a statement that they could make a superior functioning and artistically designed guitar. Some people comment on how it doesn't sit on your lap when sitting down, but if you're sitting with this guitar, you're not using it to rock with like it was intended. The electronics enable you to get any type of sound available by having just one guitar. It's in near mint condition. I bought it years ago from an art gallery who bought it to display because of its unique beauty. The only marks on the guitar are on the back where it was placed against the wall. I tried to show them in the picture, but they're very hard to see. All the electronics work. Um, at one awesome. time before the crash in the uh, market, yeah, I think he's it, saying. It cuts off. Sorry uh, I couldn't keep the moon voice going. Did, oh, before the crash in the 80s, uh, this guitar would have been worked, worth like five to $6,000 is the claim. I, obviously, this guitar has some kind of history that I don't know about. Do you know anything about it? Uh, well, it's made by Kawhi. Obviously, it's shaped like a moon. It's shaped like a moon. You know, I was having the thought the other day, and this is a total like sideline, like artist talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was, I every time I draw with my toddler, I show him like the basic shapes. I'm like, here's a circle, here's a triangle, and uh-huh. here's a square. It's like a circle has one side, a triangle 
has three sides and a square has four sides. And then we have names for shapes that have multiples of sides beyond yeah. that. What do you call a shape that has two sides? It's not a shape. Look at this. Well, this is a crescent. But it has two sides. I mean, I guess. It does, though. If a circle has one side. Yeah, then you would have to argue that this has two sides. This has two sides. Why don't we... There's various ways to draw a shape with two sides, and a crescent is one way to do it. Like, I just drew three shapes with two sides there. I don't know if those other two I would call crescents, though. They're not crescents at all, but I feel like we have to have a name for shapes with two sides. That's just my side little thing here. All right. Um, So there have been a ton of these on eBay. Uh, The only one that sold, sold for $1,000. A lot of people are listing theirs. Are those reissues, though? uh, You don't want a reissue. It doesn't look like any of these are reissues. (laughs) Uh, A lot of people are listing them for like between $25 and $5,500. Huh. So people definitely believe that there is a market somewhere. Well, they must play super which, good. And there must these are worth a lot of money. There must be some sort of providence for these where people are like, yeah, these are the good ones. Uh, it's just, you know, I, w- I would play this. I don't have any issue with this guitar. It looks good. It's got a really long tail on it. This is a long guitar, thanks to the, the shape of it. I just can't figure out. Um, I can't figure out why, I guess. Why it? Why the cost is there? I don't really know a lot about Kawhi. I know they've had a few other guitars, even on Reverb. They're like twenty five hundred dollars. Yeah. Um, as far as the claiming this this thing can sound like any guitar, I'm seeing a line of switches there. I'm assuming there's just coil taps. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. They. I. I don't. I don't want to hate on this guitar because it. It's definitely like a unique design in a way that I don't think is completely hideous. But at the same time, like I'm trying to envision myself playing a moon shaped guitar. Yeah. yeah. And I just can't do it. It's very niche. Do you prefer the pronunciation niche or niche? Depends on how I'm feeling. It means the same thing, right? Yeah. I hear people say it both ways and I, I prefer niche. I think. Don't let the haters get you down, Ryan. I won't, Steve. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's, this is such a specific thing. It's, it's hard to imagine the market for it, but apparently these things have a dollar value that I we don't understand, and maybe someone can explain to us why they're so special. Uh, the shape is so funky. Niche. 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 That, that computer says niche. That's from dictionary.com. Thanks, dictionary.com. They should be a sponsor of our show sometime. <laughs> Uh, we really need it. Yeah, I, let's move on. I don't have anything else to say about this moon guitar other than just go look at the pictures on our uh, on our Facebook group or in the show notes. And uh, tell us what you know about it. If you know anything, we just didn't do homework before the show because uh, we didn't do our due diligence. Uh, let's move on to the next ad. Which How I th- dare you not do your due diligence? You got to do-do your due diligence. Yeah. Uh, Let's move on to the next ad, which is probably the most charming and cutest ad we've ever covered. Yeah. This is really, like, it puts a big smile on my face. This was sent in by, oh, the Kawhi Moon was sent in by Scooter Sheldon before we forget. I don't think I said it. Thanks, Scooter. It's always a big bummer when we forget to mention who sent things in. You know who it usually is? Who? Aaron. (laughs) Well, he deserves it. That's true. All right. uh, This is With uh, all the memes he posts, he... He deserves to be left out of conversation every now and then. Oh, my God. Uh, well, like I said, I could care less about Otter Day. 
Uh, How much less, Steve? I don't, I'm not really sure. Here's but my, I, could, I could definitely care less. Here's my question to really narrow this down. How much more could you care? Mm, I could probably care more about it. So you're somewhere in the middle is what's yeah. going on. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. These are, uh, this is from Jameson Lewis. Thanks, Jameson, for sharing this with the group. I think a few different people shared, uh, shared this with us, but this was the first one, I think. Yeah. So this was from uh, Anonymous Pedal Creations. Good yawn, Steve. No, not a super bored, huh? Yep. Uh, So he said, it it says, um, Jameson says, so I know we've seen the guitar sweaters, but pedal sweaters, I actually kind of like it. Of course, that's a throwback to uh, Ad Week when we did the guitar vests. Uh huh. Uh, And these are uh, three Cobain inspired DS1 pedals in custom enclosures. So I'm going to point out the immediate, my first immediate reaction to this was, why do they have to be big boxes? That's a good question. You're taking a DS1, which is a very compact box, and you're putting it into a bigger box. Um, but like this could have been done in 125s instead of 1590 But BVs. then you're not going to get the dimensions of the sweaters and the shirts. Like to explain this, these, these pedals are wrapped in sweater materials. And shirt materials with designs to match clothes that Kurt Cobain wore. Yeah, like wore. iconic Kurt Cobain clothes. Yeah, like really iconic. And of, co- and of course, they're DS1s. Didn't he use a DS2? He used a DS1s, and he also used a turbo distortion. And then he would he would use those to blast a Marshall. I th- no, he'd use them to blast a Mesa. I don't think that's accurate. No, I think it is. Look it up. <sighs> He used a lot of different equipment, but I feel like Mesa would have been outside of the, his price Look it range. up, man. Look it up. Keep talking. Okay. So anyways, you got one that's like the green striped. You've got one that is the brown sweater with a, a white shirt with a design underneath it. And you've got one that's a black and red striped. I'm going to go out and say that for my own personal preference, I love the look of the black and red striped. But for if I was going to be paying homage to Kurt Cobain, mm-hmm. that brown sweater one is the one for me. Like that's the deal. That's the that's the one that sticks out to you. That's the one that sticks out to me as like the the Kurt Cobain like homage. The green one, it's it's close because he wears the green sweater in Smells Like Teen Spirit video. Right. I think that's where it's from. Yeah, that's what but I it was doesn't look quite perfect to me. Like it looks like it's not quite the same material. Where the one with the shirt with the brown sweater over and over it, it's like, yeah, you're. Oh, you got me. You're really nailing it. Mesa. Mesa Boogie Studio preamps rack mounted, tubed with either Mesa Boogie or Groove Tubes seventy twenty fives. With the mid range up, this was used for the Nevermind tour for part of the Nevermind tour, and all of the in utero tour. This is from KurtzEquipment.com, which is like. The, as far as I know, like the right. go-to for Kurt Cobain. Um, the first duo preamp was given to uh, Pat and Ernie, uh, given to Pat, Pat Smear, I believe that's a reference to, uh-huh. unless it's a different Pat. No idea. Uh, and Ernie ordered three more for the Inutero tour, the blah, 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 whatever. Okay, so the, what I was thinking of is because he was also known for using the Crown Power Amps. Okay. So I think I mean, that's he what was, I was thinking he of. He was just going for anything loud with gain, you know, basically. Right, right. Like it, it really, like, 
Oh, the Crown Power Amp would actually, it says that they would blow up a lot, and the Crown was replaced with two Crest 4801s. Wow. Uh, so I don't maybe know what that's that means. What I Why did I say wow? Well, it's just a different, <laughs> it's a different brand. <laughs> uh, yeah, but these getting back to these pedals, like these are the, the most modified DS ones I've ever seen, without actually being modified DS ones. They're just recased in a really cute way. Uh, there's no modification to the circuit because why would you modify a DS one circuit to get a, a Nirvana sound? Like you mm-hmm. just want stock. Uh, but if you're a huge Nirvana fan, like go for it, man, <laughs> hang these on your wall. They're cute. I, I think the one that was posted on reverb was like two fifty though, or something rid- ridiculous like that. I don't know if you want to look it up, but it was, it was a lot of money, but these are art pieces. We usually kind of frown on art pieces as far as like their value goes, but you know, you're not buying these to play with them. Let's be honest. Yeah. You're yeah, buying these. These are, this these is are a, neat. This is a cute display sort of thing. This is a fans only sort of thing. You would tear this up if you try to play with it. Oh, it would get destroyed. It would look so bad if you started stepping on these things and get them all dirty and stuff. It'd, it'd be over really quick. So these are for super fans only. Uh, of all the things that we do and don't get, like I, I get it. I get I, I, I think beyond getting it, I just like the execution. <laughs> no, there. I mean, it, it really is like well executed. Yeah, this guy, maybe he did it as like an art piece or like a personal project. And it's like, ah, oh, maybe I should sell these. I don't know. But uh, more power to him. I, I would love to see him tackle more concepts like this. Right. It would be neat to see uh, some. Well, what other pedals are there that are iconic? And could be dressed up to represent the iconic person who used them. Could you do a Hendrix dressed Dallas Arbiter fuzz? Yeah, you could do that. Uh, like, because he wore some crazy costumes. You could do that with like, uh, what what pedals did the Beatles use? I don't know. Nothing sticks out in my mind. They used a lot of studio tricks. Right. I mean, they basically invented... Uh, flanger and tape, yeah. like tape delay, kind of. Well, not tape delay, but I think flan. I think flanger actually was like a a Beatles invention, huh? Like it, it's a it's a it's a a version of a of a delay. Like you're doing right. a, it's a delay trick. Yeah. Um, I'll have to think about that. Anyone anyone listening, make suggestions on the Facebook group if there would be a pedal you would like to see dressed up in the clothes of the person famous for using it. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Stevie Ray Vaughan, a tube screamer that looks like uh, some of Stevie's like classic freaky clothes that he would wear. Mm-hmm. Women's blouses and yeah, stuff. Yeah, we don't, we don't, I guess it's not really clothes. It's just like his icon iconography, but like he has that hat with like the, the belt with the silver yeah. pieces. Like you could do that. Yeah. Well, so what I was going to say was with like, a big feather uh, sticking out of it was, uh, like all the Van Halen stuff is yeah. kind of, I mean, but that's not necessarily clothes. That's just all reflective of the brand that is associated with his Frankenstrat. Yeah. You could do a Sex Pistols one with a phaser because he would, uh, what's his name, would run phaser after his distortion or into a distorted amp. Is that a, I don't, was it Johnny Rotten? Johnny I'm not Rotten a big, was a singer. I'm not a big Pistols like aficionado, so I couldn't tell you. A Ramones one would be great. Did they use? Pedal? I think they went straight to amp though. Probably. That's the tricky thing. Like, it's there's not a lot of players where you're like, 
oh yeah, this player in that pedal, that's it. Like pedals are usually kind of secret. Right. Well, I mean, there's, there's, and, and in the cases where there are guys, you know, you, you kind of think like, do they really have a signature look? I mean, yeah, I, it just dawned on me that the super obvious one would be a Tom Morello whammy. <laughs> but the, what does Tom Morello dress like? I don't know. It'd just be a, he just was like a dude. It'd just be a whammy that says like art power. Right. Right. Starve the, ho- is it starve the homeless? Something like that. Feed the homeless. Or he'd do the, uh, eat the homeless. What's I the, I think he did a couple riffs on that folk singer would be like this, this machine kills fascists. Who was the, who was the guy? He was a banjo Woody player. Woody Guthrie. Was it Woody? I thought it was the other guy. Was it? I don't know. I can't remember his name. Uh, Steve is going to look it up. This machine kills fascists. can't believe no. I can't remember his name. Yeah. I want to um, say Bob. Woody Guthrie. It was on Woody Guthrie's really? guitar. It was a, it was a guitar. I thought there was a banjo and, player um, named Bob something. I don't know. Uh, Pete Seeger. Pete Seeger. Not was, Bob at all. Oh, Pete Seeger did on the calf skin of his yeah, banjo, but Pete that Se- was later. No, Pete Seeger is the guy I was thinking about. Um, I don't know who that other guy is. Woody Guthrie. Yeah, dude. Go, Sorry. Just leave. Sorry, I'll I'll go, Steve. You can do the rest oh of the episode by yourself. Woody Guthrie, uh, Woody is the old country guy. Woody Guthrie's probably most well-known song is "This Land Is Your Land." Oh, okay. So he's another old folk guy. Yeah, but he was sixties folk, um, like fifties, sixties, thirties. Oh, okay. <laughs> I really am showing that I don't know anything this episode. So his first album, well, I say his first album, uh, was like in the forties, but he that's kind of like. Woody Guthrie is like the proto, gosh, I feel like a total tool for saying this. To I only say this so so Ryan can understand. Okay, say that's it to my me. caveat. Woody Guthrie was Bob Dylan before Bob Dylan was Bob Dylan. Who was Bob Dylan before he was Bob Dylan? Woody Guthrie. Okay. All right, there we go. <laughs> like Woody Woody Guthrie was like the protest folk musician, right? Right. For the generation before Bob Dylan. Right. Right. I got it. Okay. I got you. Um, you know, for the silent generation before those damn boomers, let's, let's wrap this up. I think we've said everything we need to say. Let's uh, dive into the topic. All right. So going back to your sad news that your base got stolen, uh, listener of the show and friend of the show, friend of us personally at this point, David Chote had a bunch of stuff stolen out of the trunk of his car. Uh, I'd say, a few weeks back now when this episode couple, airs a couple weeks back yeah which is always a huge bummer and it was on the night that he was supposed to be playing a show anytime it happens more often than it should every time musicians get gear stolen it's just like this, like who's that sick you know like musicians already have it tough enough and then right. you're stealing from well i them. think people just they break into cars and they take that's what's there and they take whatever they think is valuable whether it's you know the whole thing with in in my story, the the one thing I didn't say is is uh, the backpack that got stolen. Like the guy was like, "Yeah, it was like mostly just clothes, so not really a big deal." Except the backpack, what had it, in his case, it, the youth pastor, his backpack had like sentimental value, and he was saying like, "Yeah, like it was my it was like my outdoor hiking backpack. I right. took it to like twenty countries 
on like different trips I'd gone on. So like, I bet you anything that backpack is in the bushes somewhere. Well, yeah, or it's you know it it was some you know whoever stole it went to some homeless dude and was like, "Hey, I'll sell you this backpack for twenty bucks or a cigarette." Yeah, and it was like a a serious outdoor backpack. People, you know, year, years ago. Gosh, I feel like I'm just making this all about me. Um, <laughs> Tell me about your problems, Steve. Years ago, I had my car broken into in my carport, and uh, I had a fog machine stolen out of the back oh, of it yeah. that I was supposed to be repairing. I had gone as far as I could on the repairs, and I was just waiting for the guy to come like set a appointment to come pick it up, and it never happened. And then my car got broken into and it got stolen and the guy never asked about it. <laughs> so I just, you know, but, but, you know, the people, when they break into cars, they're just, whenever I've had, I've actually had my car broken into a few times where we live. Some of it might've been because I didn't lock the doors. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Still breaking into. Like, yeah, totally. Just because someone leaves their car unlocked doesn't mean you can take their stuff. Yeah, no kidding. And it's like all my papers will be rearranged. I've never had any of my papers taken, but it's like obvious that they're looking for like, something in my papers that like maybe emergency cash stash or something. Right. Right. Um, so I'm looking for like social security. And in the case of musical equipment, I mean, the reality is, is that so many people who break into vehicles and steal whatever they can steal, they're just going to go to like their nearest pawn shop. They're going to sell it for, you know, pennies on the dollar just so they can get whatever, whatever they need. Whatever yeah. it is, and I say need like very loosely. I think most of the time they're honestly just looking for cash or something that they can sell for quick cash to do whatever they need to do. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like they're they're looking for like pennies on the dollar to do so they can fulfill whatever like immediate thing they need. Immediate need they have. Right. So, I mean, I don't, have you ever had anything? Had any gear? Or anything, Jack? Not gear. I had a bike stolen out of my garage when I was a kid. But I've actually been really freaking lucky. Yeah. I have not had much stuff stolen from me. I mean, we had two back with YFB. Um, I we would always you know play shows, and I'd because I had the truck, I would end up hauling a lot of the drum equipment. Yeah, and when we would get out like super late. I'd just take it home and put it in the garage. And I guess like one night I forgot to close the garage, and like all the drum equipment that. got stolen. And luckily, my like thankfully, my parents had like deluxe homeowners insurance. Uh huh. Um, that covered like it literally. I think that's what it was called. Was like deluxe <laughs> homeowners insurance. So it covered all of that stuff. And like my dad had like all of his. Uh, like my dad had, I think, a bag of golf clubs stolen and a, and a bunch of other stuff. And like the homeowners insurance covered it all. Um. But I mean, it just sucks, and it just get, until like things come through. If you have a if you have an insurance situation, or if things don't come through, and you're just SOL, I mean, it, it sucks. Yeah, like it's a super s- stressful situation, and it's a situation where it's just like, congr- you know, because you, you know deep down. I I shouldn't say like you know deep down, but like you always have that feeling like that people who are like robbing like oh there's an open garage let's see what i can get or i'm gonna break into this car and take whatever's inside of it that they're living a life of desperation right or just you know there are people who aren't desperate but they have a compulsion and you know 
they see opportunity and they, they it's opportunistic crime. Right. But you know, there definitely are people who are in a place of desperation. I'm not, you know, saying otherwise. But it's I think in the case of breaking into a trunk and stealing a base and a bunch of pedals and, and stuff, like it's it's different to be like, oh, there's a laptop on the front seat, I'm gonna smash a window and grab it, mm-hmm. you know, to be like I'm going to check this trunk and I'm going to grab a bunch of musical instruments, you know? That's, yeah. That's rough, dude. Yeah. So the, the way I wanted to like kind of steer this topic, sure. is not just talking about the socioeconomic uh, qualities of why crime happens, <laughs> but talking about uh, there was a product posted on the group that's a, I didn't even actually look into it. I don't know if you did. Yeah, but I, it's I a, did a little. It's a tuner. Uh-huh. It's also a GPS tracker. Yeah, so it's a tuner. Um, and it's, uh, like you just said, it's a tuner GPS tracker, uh, when it's plugged in, it tunes, uh, when it's not plugged in, like it holds, um, uh, I think it says it holds like a charge for 10, 10 days. I want to think it said that's enough time. Um, I mean, uh, you know. Three hours is enough time for me to realize that my stuff has been stolen. Yeah, it says typically. it holds a charge for 10 days and it can be traced using a website or app. Uh, it's called Gigbox. Um, they make other stuff like this that are smaller. Like they make little like things you can stick places and it's like your own personal yeah. low jack. Yeah. Um, Carvin um, is, I don't, I mean, I, I presume they still do it. I know they used to do it. We're all like, if you were to buy a carbon guitar, like one I, of the high end, they ones? have like, uh, well, everything carbon technically is high end, right? Uh, you know, th- yeah, I guess so. Um, but th- you can get like um, this thing that's basically a low jack installed right. into it. Uh, I I don't know what the name of it is. I, it's it's you know. This has been technology for a long time. It's, it's right. interesting to see catching up. And if you've got an expensive guitar, an expensive pedal board, an expensive amp, I get it. Like, I super get it. I, th- I think that if I was on the road, because that's the people who get hit with this stuff all the time. Bands with trailers, bands with big vans yeah, and stuff. Yeah, we've seen they a know, few they things know before that were, like, people in trailers. It happens all the time. Like, you know, there's people who make criminal careers out of it they see band trailers and they know that band's going to be inside for hours and they just ransack you know uh if i had a rig like that i might invest in you know these types of things right i well, think i think the tuner pedal is a little goofy just well, because the, there's other things you can use that do the same thing the biggest rough thing about the tuner pedal is that it's 150 dollars Ooh, yeah that is rough but i mean if you're if you're super concerned about it and but then says, you also got to use that tuner what right. if you have well a, that's the thing is you have a particular tuner you like or the tuner not, that is smaller not to be completely like gear um like <laughs> Look at the switch on this. Yeah, that's not a normal switch. Um, so I mean, this looks like it's on a test platform, but it's got some like weird little rubber switch. It's not like a standard stomp. Yeah, I can't even imagine stomping on that. Um, but I I think it's good that people are trying to come up with things like this. I know a conversation that I see in different groups a lot, not so much in our group, um, is musicians insurance specific. Yeah. Which is so a lot of that is like, I just bought a, you know, people who buy like a $3,000 Les Paul or they've got a bunch of gear and they're, 
I, I say less Paul because well, this stuff adds up. Fragile. Like I have a bunch of two hundred fifty dollar guitars, but you add it all up. If someone ransacked my house, yeah, how would I, how am I going to replace all that? Yeah, and sometimes like think certain types of renters insurance will call, cover that, or certain types of homeowners insurance will cover that. Right. From what right. I've heard that you, if you get if you get robbed, don't say that music is your livelihood because that's underneath a different insurance. If it's your hobby, then. Your home insurance. Will oh cover yeah, it. yeah. Home insurance is going to cover stuff. It's not if you're if you say that your your musical equipment is like your livelihood, right? Then they're going to say like, oh, you needed like job insurance. Where's your dude. business insurance? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. And this isn't. I don't say this. You know, we don't throw this out there to be like berating. Like everybody, be prepared. But it. I mean, honestly, it's something that uh, I just don't think I think about, and I've looked at. I've looked at different kinds of insurance that um, would cover like my personal situation. Right. And sometimes it's hard. And it's not even like for things like that. Like what if your house catches on fire? Yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm, that's a worry for me because I'm on that canyon. Yeah. I was smelling someone cooking wood or like doing a bonfire. Cooking in, wood. In our neighborhood, like burning, burning something on their barbecue earlier. And I was like, is there a fire coming for me? <laughs> <laughs> got a little freaked out. Got to cook that wood, man. Cooking that wood. That'll be the title of the episode. I knew that. If, I knew that's what that was when if, I smelled it. If I could remember it. It was uh, some kind of bonfire or barbecue. Uh yeah, so I don't I mean, I don't know what what else there is to say. I'm hoping there's no one who <laughs> If you listen to our show and you're planning on stealing musical equipment from someone, you Knock should not listen. Um, well, yeah, we you don't want you. Do that. We don't want you as listeners. Uh, that's the wrong kind of flipping. Oh um, my gosh! He, here's a thing that's in my head. Say you've got this track here in your pedal board, and it's really easy to have over a thousand dollars worth of stuff on your pedal board. Yeah, uh, you got this tracker in your pedal board. It gets stolen. You find out within a couple hours. You pull up your app. You see exactly where it is. It's in some dude's house or apartment or whatever. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Do you call the cops or do you go like confront? Dude, you got to get that. You got to get that popo. You got to get the cops, right? But yeah. they're not going to. You think they're going to respond to like some guy stole my stole from me and I have a tracker and this is where he is. Yeah. No, you just got to throw it out there like, hey, I just got robbed. Like, what should I do? It's, you know, X, like all this money or my car got broken into or whatever. And then when they're like, oh, that sucks. Be like, yeah, you know what? Hold on. I remember doing this thing where that would allow me to track it. And they'll be like, oh, snap, son. We're going to come to your house and give you a ride. I mean, can we cap some fools? Can we be honest, though? Don't do the. Oh, I was going to say 911 is a joke. Right, that's, that's still not as bad as the thing I was gonna say. Okay, but like, I'm when we ran the all ages venue. Yeah, there was a knife fight, really? and the person who was there called nine one one, and they said, "Sorry, we're too busy tonight." What? You I was not there that night. Either was I. I don't think I've heard this story. It was the Powells were there. Oh man. Uh, so I don't have full faith in the cops to take care of some. Some guy like me calling, oh, my pedal board got stolen. I have a tracker. Will you 
please get yeah. it back for me. Like I, I was there. I was. And if at, you're on if you're on tour, you don't want to deal with the paperwork. Of see, the going thing is, the is my, my park gallery experience was different because I was there the night that a dude got like pushed out a window, <laughs> like broke the window. He didn't fall out, right? Uh, but he like got pushed through the window and broke it, and then he like ran away with it. And then what was crazy as I was like doing sound, and two random I say random like two guys for who were like frequent visitors chased the dude and his friend down and like drug him back and called the cops and the cops showed up and were like, what happened? And all this stuff, like it was pretty gnarly, That is, but it was like, that was one of those things where when we talked about that venue where I was like, yeah, like even though we had like, we had no security at the same time, like we, for certain shows, we had enough regulars yeah, we didn't want to see it get shut down. That we basically had like we didn't have security. What we had were vigilantes. Oh, absolutely! It was a room full of Batman's. Yeah, <laughs> punk rock gutter punk. They, they weren't the heroes we we uh, deserved, but they were the heroes we needed. No, they were the heroes we deserved. We deserved that and nothing more. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I the tough thing, is, I guess, too, is like, can you imagine, like. You're on you're on tour and you're like I got to get my stuff back now and I see where it is and just rolling up to an apartment and like knocking hard on that door like hard and knocking. then when they don't answer you break a window and like get st- steal your like, stuff back kick it in and like I know you have my stuff I'm pretty have you ever tried to kick in a door never it's got to be hard right yeah, it, I think it's way harder than it looks in the movies it's just like oh you just kick it and it goes in yeah. it's, you that's gotta hurt I mean we're both big dudes and I don't think either of us could kick in a normal door leverage is not on your side in that scenario no. well I mean it, you just need a lot of it it's on your side but you need a lot of you it you don't your body's not built to do that to overcome that lock sure, with a kick sure you gotta be real strong and real you gotta really know what you're doing yeah I'm sure. I'm sure there's gonna be people who write us and be like, "I can kick in doors. I kick in doors all the time." Like, I don't care about you. I'm a regular person. I'm not. I'm an everyday dude who doesn't kick in doors all the time. Like, what do you want from me? It looks like it's gonna be hard. Like, if I can't find my keys, I can't get in my house. Like, I'm not gonna kick in a door. Right. You know, I've got to replace that door. Uh, but yeah, the, the scenario. I mean, it, it comes into play like these whole like self-defense scenarios like, oh, if this happens, then I'm going to do this. I'm going to track it. You know, if this person takes my stuff, I'm going to track them down. It's like, are you? Mm-hmm. Someone stole from you. They're a criminal and they know they're a criminal. You think they're going to like obey the law when you show up at their door? And, right. Like, Get me my stuff back. Oh, my like, gosh. I just don't imagine that scenario going well, and it frightens me a little bit to think about. But then also, I kind of want my stuff back if it gets stolen, you know? <laughs> Maybe I'd do the whole, like, leave a note on the door. And it's right. like, I know you have my stuff. If you don't, like, put it out on the curb in the next 10 minutes, I'm calling the cops. You know, that would probably be my tactic. Right. And then you watch the person jump out the window with your stuff in there. Oh my gosh. And they just keep moving. <laughs> yeah. They're just gone. And then they try to figure out exactly what, uh, has yeah. the tracking device. You know, as this stuff becomes more common, the trackers and stuff, you'd have to think that most criminals would get kind of savvy to it. And like they'd steal stuff that they know they can tear apart and look for that sort of thing. Right. 
you know, like you got a pedal board, it's not that hard to tear that apart. So then you have to get more tricky with where you hide it. Like you open up, you know, your, your tuner and hide it inside your tuner instead of buying the tuner. You have the little chip you put in there. You hide it in, you know, your, your big, uh, old school, big muff and, uh, you know, put the circuit board over it or something like that, you know, or you, uh, you know, maybe someone like, a you know, our friends, Doug Coward, Paul Roney, you pay them extra fee and they implant it permanently in the guitar that they build for you, you know, something like that. And it's, it's just in there in the wood. I don't know. Anything's possible, but I, I think with high dollar stuff, I think this stuff is definitely an option these days. And why not? I'm sure some of it's expensive, but you've got guitars and gear that's worth over, you know, thousands of dollars. Right. Like peace of mind is worth something too. And then in the, in the rare instance that something actually does go missing, it's, it's would be cool to find it. Yeah. <laughs> Even I, if you have to go, you know, like vigilante and, uh, you know, Charles Bronson on people. Oh my God. You get your Charles stuff back. Bronson. What was his hey, movies? Death wish. Death wish. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, <laughs> it's hard for me to think about that. I'm actually like super non-confrontational. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm super uh, non-violent and I don't mean that like I'm like philosophically non-violent. I mean, I actually just don't know how to do violence. Oh, right. Well, <laughs> I like to I like to imagine in my mind that we were, we actually had this conversation at work too long ago, not too long ago, um where some of my coworkers were like trying to like like match up people who they thought would be interesting like fist fights. Uh-huh. And they were a lot of people were like, were like, yeah, you're kind of a wild card. <laughs> like, we don't really know how angry you can get. Oh, I know how angry Steve can get. <laughs> and I was just my whole thing is like, it doesn't matter how angry I can get because I don't know how to throw a punch. <laughs> <laughs> like, the only way I'm going to win a fight is if I bite out someone's jugular. <laughs> <laughs> a throat biter, huh? <laughs> Got, gotta go for the win, man. <laughs> Street fight means no rules. I mean, we, you know, you and me, we didn't exactly grow up fighters. We're musicians over here. I mean, I am sure there's musicians who are fighters, but we're not those type of people. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I, I guess. And I mean, my, I think my tactic, and this, I would say this isn't. I would say this, and this isn't directed out of callousness towards David because. His situation sucks. It super sucks. I'm and super I see sorry this for him. Time and time again, and I don't, and I do not. There have been times I I don't personally do this as often as I should, but I try to do as much as I can. Um, and what I'm going to say is like, if I know it's a pain, take your stuff out of your car. Yeah, I mean, we have. I I, I I've I've become way more particular about that ever since getting into doing video work right because it's like that's not musical equipment well that's, that's your livelihood that's my too. livelihood and it's like there can easily be three grand of equipment yeah like in one bag well and we've known guys whose livelihood really like they is, were yeah star they were working at starbucks and playing you know eight shows a month and that eight shows a month was yeah. what put them over the top. Oh, there was a crazy story and, local. And like one guy that we know, I think probably had his car broken into like three or four times yeah. and was still not taking his stuff out of his car. And it's like, dude, it's like an extra five minutes. I know 
you know, we've done the gig life. You get home at one, two in the morning. It and sucks. The last thing you want to yeah. do is haul a hundred pounds of equipment, you know, 25, yeah. 50 pounds at a we time. We get it. You gig almost every day. Yeah. It's like, but it's outside in your car in the street. It's especially in what certain neighborhoods. It's like, it's just. Uh, it, it doesn't even matter what neighborhood you're in. Well, I don't mean that as like some neighborhoods are worse or better, but if you're in a neighborhood that gets hit with crime all the time, you know, like my wife, yeah. my wife grew up in a neighborhood that would be classified as a, a nice neighborhood right. in air quotes. And it just got targeted for theft all the That's time. That's true. That's like true. Every car on her street got broken. And into. I would even say like, if you, cause I, I've, there's no way. Well, some of them have moved. But some of them are still there. There's no way my neighbors don't know that I'm a musician. Like right. they, they know there are musical instruments in my house. Yeah. Which means that anyone who could just be walking around the street at any given time of day, like on certain days, would be like, "Hey, let's see what's in Steve's will car." Will see me walking out of the house with, sure. with musical equipment, and that's that's a uh, yeah. You know, the signs are there. People know that music equipment costs money. Yeah. They know people know that they that's can value stuff. People know that if they take even like the cheapest guitar that like looks serious right. to a pawn shop, they're gonna get 40, 50 bucks for it. And for a lot of people like Well, that's not for that squire base. <laughs> they might they might be able to trade it for a pack of cigarettes. That's about it. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, people are gonna try to get what they can try to get. But a super bummer with with David's stuff is that he built that base and that was like oh yeah like his custom base for him that was perfect for him it's like stuff like that is not replaceable like that's a huge bummer just a huge bummer yeah uh so we're gonna be watching the local Craigslist for David's base and go rough some people up with our non-violence Steve and oh I are gonna gosh. show up and act like we know how to throw a punch the thing is like <laughs> the, the thing is like uh you know when you're tall boys like us yeah, uh, you live a life where you don't actually ever have to act like you're going to hit anyone because no one just wants to fight you. I don't know. I'm always worried about finding like running up against people who are bigger than me, either in height or weight. But those people don't want to fight you either because they never had to fight anyone. Maybe, hopefully not. But I've never met people who were our size and bigger who were like, "Yeah, I'm super." Just fight people all the time. <laughs> like you, they, you don't. I I will say I've lost my temper like maybe I think once or twice at work in the year and a half I've been there not quite a year and a half um I've lost my temper maybe once or twice one of those times was at like 11 o'clock at night I was still at work um I'd lose my temper too (laughs) I was on like a team project and basically um we stepped out and I just started like literally five 10 minutes of just yelling to nobody, just yelling because I was just frustrated. Right. You now, sometimes you just got to do Were the, you inside when you did that? Inside the building. Oh, okay. But I was like, like I had exited the room that we were working in. And then one of my coworkers came out like while I was doing it and I was still yelling. And so she, like she was talking to me and I was still yelling, not at her, just around her. Right. And then like later, some of my other, like a few days later, like some of my coworkers are like, you like scared the crap out of her, dude. Well, when like, a, like you're really big and really loud. Yeah, like you are big and loud. So and then, it, we, you know, big loud people like us, we have to be careful because you know, like a little person. Yeah, gets, and, and gets I loud. mean, she's like five 
Yeah. Five one, five two. I mean, I get, I get, I get why people who are smaller than us are intimidated by big people. But the real, the reality that I've seen is that big people grow up knowing that, you know, they can't be physical with other people. Hopefully, they Hopefully. know that they'll break them in half. Hopefully, I don't know. I'm not very strong. One time, I saw uh, when I worked in the grocery store, I saw the manager and the assistant manager mm-hmm. get in a literal angry wrestling match, like. And it was like after hours or before hours or something like that, before the shop was open, mm-hmm. like they were pissed at each other for something and they just went at it and it like started in the hall by the bathroom and they like moved into the, to the break room where I was. And they were like, this Good is like grief. old school, like bar brawling. Right. Like these guys are just like on each other. And then eventually like they broke up and it was over. And it's like, these are the people who are running this place. <laughs> <laughs> and these were big dudes. These were really big dudes. Yeah fighting each other like it was crazy i'm just a 17 year old bagger sitting there watching him <laughs> work it out all right i i feel like we've uh we've covered this and, and drifted enough into weird places sure should we wrap this up yeah uh we had one song picked up but then i changed it uh for a reason that will become apparent as soon as say oh again uh if you want to if you want to submit a 60 cycle hum intro yes. um Buy, send it to us. I actually think the tagline is the banner in the Facebook group. It's not right now. It's not right now. Okay. It's the sticker thing. Okay. I'll change it though. I'll, I won't change it. You but, know what? Listen to the first yeah. freaking three minutes of any previous episode. Yeah. And you're going to hear it. If you're really like worried about getting the script wrong, email us and I'll send you the script. Or make something up. Make something up. We are open to creativity here. The only thing I would say is uh, keep it keep it PG-13. Yeah, Sure. All right. And not in the only one F-bomb allowed sort of way. We mean in the uh, uh, no frontal nudity sort of way. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Uh, So I changed up the song this week. We were going to play a different one. And then I said, you know what? Let's not do that. Um, In honor of this week's topic, we're going to play a song from the band Flower Animals. Awesome. That came Uh, in? Yep. Which is David Chote's band. Um, And this song is called Lookout. So I hope you guys enjoy it. I... I haven't listened to a ton of flower animal stuff, but everything David sent us, I've, I've always enjoyed. Hey, I played. And I really, sh- I really should listen to them more. I played a show with those guys, and it was awesome. Cool. All right, guys, uh, enjoy the song. If you have any follow up, sixty cycle humcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Yep. Later, I'm guys. Steve. I'm Ryan. Bye. Bye bye. Hey guys, big thanks to our sponsors, Stringjoy.com and Matthews Effects. They both make fine products. Go check out the strings at Stringjoy.com. Uh, check out the custom sets you can make, all the options, talk to them about your guitar if you have issues, uh, figure out what would be a better balanced set for your special, special guitar. And go check out matthewseffects.com too. They have all kinds of great stuff. Uh, the Harbinger is really awesome, really been loving it. We also did a review of the Cosmonaut a while back, which is just really awesome, like spaced out, like modulated ambient reverb with multiple settings you really got to go check this thing out uh look at our demo videos on our youtube channel and enjoy the song later guys One, two, three.